I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. We love scams. We are scam spurts, um, not experts. We just mm-hmm. we're talking about what we know and what we love. And um, yeah, there are is legal documentation, I'm sure, but you're not gonna find it with this podcast. No, we're scam lovers. We're <laughs> yeah, fans. We have fun. Of scams. It's just here for fun. Today we have sort of like a collage of sorts episode. A melange. Yes, of many things. Um, yeah. we have some updates. We have some emails. We have some mini scams. Um, we we love this because it we are really this episode was connecting to everybody who's reached out to us, people who've emailed us and Instagram message and Twittered us. Like we love talking to you guys, and so you can always connect, and we're happy to chat. So we've gotten some amazing feedback from our Tanya, Tana, Tina, TanaCon special, and we have interviews with. One of the coolest girls we've ever met who knows way, way more than we do about YouTube and YouTube celebs. Um, She's a comedian. She's a college student. She's so fun. Mackenzie Thomas is coming up. And then we have an event planner who was telling us about what it was actually like to really plan an event. So she has great feedback on like all of these crazy cons that are happening. Her name is Maria Kowalski. She's a legit event planner. And she's going to tell us all the shit that Tana did wrong. Yeah. (laughs) So it's amazing. So this is kind of a mishmash episode, but it's everything we've been dying to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Our email is from Becky Hernandez. Mm -hmm. She is at 
absolutely spectacular on Instagram if you want to follow her. She's amazing. She said, hi, ladies. (laughs) This is Becky from Texas. First of all, I love your podcast, your voices, et cetera. Don't change a thing. Y'all are gem. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. I love the positive feedback. I listened to your episode on the Mafia scams not too long ago. Alan Arthur did an amazing job and got and had so much fascinating info. But when he talked about the concrete scams, I got chills. My dad worked in concrete for decades and he would have to occasionally go to meetings with the heads of other concrete companies at which they would decide their set prices for the year. Is this mafia shit? We're in Texas and not at all Italian, but is it trust-esque at the very least? Yes. Big yikes. And so I followed up and I asked her if she thought her dad was in the mafia and mm-hmm. she said no. Um, <laughs> but that, it kind of is interesting because there is sort of this union collaboration. Like unions mm-hmm. can behave as these like, you know, move some muscle around and get what they want. Mm-hmm. Wow. She has, she has another scam for us too. Okay. She said, anywho, the scam run right under my nose by a coworker goes like this. I once worked at a small medical practice. There were five employees, including me and a married couple. The wife was the doctor and the husband was the office manager, in quotes, term used as loosely as possible. (laughs) I didn't know it at the time, but the front desk girl who sat maybe five feet away from me was issuing herself refunds using the credit card machine. From their own company? Yes, refunds were were common if someone changed their mind on ordering something, etc. So I didn't think too much about it. Apparently, no one else did either. She kept this up for about two years, racking up 10K before she got caught. Wow. I'd already moved on to another job at this point, but I was shocked when I found out. I'd still love to know mo- I'd still love to know her motive. Was it out of necessity, spite? She was a kind, hilarious, church-going mom, so who knows? Keep up the good work. <laughs> I always look forward to new episodes from y'all. XOXO, Becky. Thank Becky, you, Becky. Thank you. Look, don't, under, don't underestimate a mom in need, okay? <laughs> so she was stealing from somebody's credit card. When they got a refund, she would refund it to herself? No, I think she would issue a refund from her company, her own company. Oh. Like, she'd be like, well, I guess I have to issue a refund. And she would just, like, issue it. I Actually, I don't know. Like, I want to know, like, did she have multiple credit cards? Like, we need to know how sophisticated this scam was. So maybe she's swiping her credit card and getting refunds. and then being like, just kidding, give me this money back. I don't know. We're getting ca- I, it's confusing. Or she's like, or she is issuing a refund without even swiping, just putting it in her account. Right. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. <gasps> wow. wow. I want to know. I want to know. Is she in jail? <laughs> How are her kids doing? Does she still go to church in jail? What's happening? Did, Did she-, she get away with it? Yeah. yeah. We need to know more, Beck. We need to know. Can you please tell us? Thanks, Becky. Thank you so much. We love this, guys. If you have any hometown scams or crazy things that happen to you, you can always message us um, at scamwowpodcast at gmail.com or always DM us on Instagram and I will respond to you. She will. <laughs> at scamwowpodcast. Yeah. Yeah. So Sue, you had something happen. You guys, I almost got scammed this week. Oh. Okay. So it started out where I was on Facebook and my friend Sabria was like, did you know that every town in America has a Facebook group? So I'm looking for the Facebook group for my neighborhood for East Hollywood. And then I'm on the Facebook group for like Los Feliz, Los Feliz. I never know how to say it. Los Feliz. Um, And there's this murder house in Los Feliz that has been empty for 50 years. So a guy murdered 
his wife and tried to murder his family in this house. Just a topic um, in the Facebook group. <laughs> it's a topic in the so this house has just been vacant in Los Feliz for fifty years, and it's like a, it's a mansion and like a prime location, and it's been vacant and it's like you know overgrown and shitty and blah blah blah. So like it's in the Facebook group because somebody just bought it. It's just it had just oh. sold. So I was like, I wonder how much this sold for. I wonder how much it's located, like where it's located, blah, blah, blah. So I went on Zillow to look up this house, this murder house, and I found the location of it. And then I was like, why don't I just look at houses on Zillow? How yeah, much why, not? On Zillow? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why you not? Know? Um, how much are houses on Zillow? What do you, what do you get for a million dollars? Let's see. Yeah, what do you get? So I'm looking at houses, and then I see um, – this house in West Hollywood and it's listed at 50 K and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I, I clicked on it and it's this beautiful house and it says, there's this whole long description that says, um, once a year, my family and I, um, my family and I sell one of our properties, uh, for 50 K as a way of giving back as charity. Um, so it was this like for profit. <laughs> right. They were and then and they were like, all you have to do is wire transfer my assistant in Florida two hundred and fifty dollars no. to show your interest in the property and then you will visit it tomorrow and then the deal will be closed by um July tenth and it had all these details in it, but you had to wire transfer two hundred and fifty dollars to see the house. Oh, no. I was like, but like, but like if it was real and the house was 50K, the mortgage would have only been $800 a month. So, like, imagine if this was real, if this was a do-gooder just, like, selling a, a house for, like, no money. It was a $2 million house. He was selling it for 50K yeah. just as charity. Maybe that's, that's a fake. real thing. No. Maybe it's a real thing. <laughs> so, that so, is so fake. But tell I, me what happened. <laughs> wait, I did all this Googling. I did all this Googling. And I found out, I was like, who owns this house? Like, is this legit? Blah, blah, blah. I found out that the house is owned by Charlie Hunnam from um, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Wait, let me see. Charlie. Yeah, from Sons of Anarchy, Charlie Hunnam. And I was like, oh, it could be even more real because maybe he does have a lot of properties that he's just giving away. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Our producer's know. like choking on her Swedish fish. She's like, this is so fake. She can't handle it. And so I went, I even went on Spokio. I got a Spokio free trial, which I need to cancel to see like who the owner was and what their contact info is. Just like one of those things that gives you the contact information. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was Charlie Hunnam for real. So I'm like, maybe this is really him. And then, but then I was like looking and I was Googling all his family members and, but like (laughs) none of them lived in Florida and this guy had said his assistant was in Florida. Right. So I Googled the phone number of the person in Florida and it doesn't look like it's related to Charlie Hunnam. Um, so I like messaged on Zillow and I was like, is this a scam or is this for real? And, um, they didn't message me back right away. And then I even texted the phone number and I said, is this a scam or is this for real? (laughs) And they didn't text me back right away because it was late at night. And then I sent it to my husband and two friends, one of whom is a real estate agent. And one friend wrote back and she was like, um, she was like, um, yeah, they're probably based in Nigeria or something. And Anna was like, this is definitely not real. You should never pay to see a house. I felt so dumb. I felt so stupid. You really wanted it to work out. Yes. And then I really, like, what if it's 50? 
only 58. And then like, so I lose $250. Big deal. Maybe I gain a house for like no money. <laughs> Sue, we do a podcast for this as a job. <laughs> I know. But I know. I like the hope. I like the hope. Yeah, it could have been real. Um, so then Zillow called me and they didn't say it was a scam, but they tried to sell me. They're like, so are you looking for a home? And they tried to sell, like, no, get Zillow. my info. Uh, but then the listing got taken down. So it was a scam. Wow. <laughs> oh, but it would have been great if it was real. He would never do that. Like, or he'd make a he'd make a know? reality TV show about it. Like it would be too it would be way bigger than a Zillow bit. <laughs> it had a pool. Of He's course it did. It probably had an elevator <laughs> and a donkey. Like it has a lot of things. <laughs> it did have a donkey. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. No, well, I've done that the opposite though. I've been like, oh, this house in rural upstate New York is 80000 Should I pick up my entire life and move there? <laughs> Something yeah, that's, that's not convenient or helpful. Um, and I don't even realize that taxes are involved and you have to pay extra taxes. But I was like, I've like gone on those trips in my brain and been like, we got to move to upstate New York. Then I find out it's driving distance from New York City, like six full hours. <laughs> like it's a right. very far away. Well, yeah. But it was so cheap. I know. But it's like, I should have known the minute you see wire transfer, you should know yes. that it's a scam. You should never I wire should transfer know. anything. No, uh, no. <laughs> I do like how hopeful you were, though. That was a what long ride of hope. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But you I did what? feel that shame. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I thought this was real. I felt so ashamed. Well, more like you wanted it to be real. You shouldn't yeah. be ashamed. We all want it to be real. We want for a lot sure. of things. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing your crazy seconds. <laughs> your great was it like a day or like a couple hours? It was a few hours when I should have been in bed. It was like 10 p.m. Yes. to 1 a.m. Yes, yes. That's when the best ideas come. And then the next day I went back on my antidepressants. I was like, Oh, don't worry about it. Something's wrong in my head. <laughs> I love it. You just had a little extra hope that just took you yeah. a little extra mile. Yeah. Uh, we all want a house with a pool. All mm-hmm. right, guys. So but, we... was, but in my head, I was thinking like, okay, well, how can I wire transfer this 25? No! I got to be the first person to get there. <laughs> Somebody else is going to get this. How long was the listing up for? It was up for like six hours. Okay. That's how they'd get it. Because if it was up for a couple of days, you know, you're not the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> And also, if they're giving it to charity, they shouldn't then charge the people who they're going to give to charity. If they're going to give you a break, they shouldn't then charge you $250 then for you to, like, eventually get a break. Right. I know. I know. I know. That's okay. It's adorbs. I love it. Yeah. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right. We are here with Maria Kowalski. And Maria reached out to us. Hi. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. Maria reached out to us on email because she is an event planner and she has a lot of opinions on TanaCon and how it could have been done better. (laughs) We need to know. Yeah, I gotta admit just the conventions disasters in general are kind of like my pet project. Like I just think it's hilarious. I love to know any kind of like just how did this happen type thing. There's so many conventions too. It's like everyone's doing one. So tell us what are the red flags? Um so I guess my, especially when it comes to TanaCon, my biggest, well, one of the biggest ones I would say was just the timeline, because I think the whole thing, I watched the documentaries and I think the whole thing was like, happened in two months, which is just yeah. absolutely not yeah. enough time. Really? I, right now, I'm not, not going to give too much details about my work, but like, I work one conference that's smaller than TanaCon, and we have multiple multiple people that just work that conference year-round. Really? So, yeah. And so it's like, you would probably want, like, at least a year, maybe, like, six wow. months to a year to put something of that size together to have it actually run smoothly. Wow. Oh my God. So it's, and it's smaller than that? Yeah, well, I work, I do, like, more business conferences. Like, yeah. Like, kind of stuff and so it's there are some differences um but even in just the the logistics you're not going to get something (laughs) something that's good especially when you're comparing it to VidCon that has like yeah their attendance is like what 25,000 it's really high and I I wouldn't be surprised I bet they have people that their job is to just do VidCon well for sure so you're the conference you work on is 5,000 people or less? It's less. It's like 2,000. 2,000 people. And how yeah. many people work on it for year round? We, up until recently, it's, it's like two to three people. <laughs> wow. And so, Kate, our producer just asked, like, what do you think takes the longest? Like, what's the longest part about creating a convention? Um, well, for if you're going to have like an annual thing and have it at the same time every year, we contract our venues like five years in advance. Really? Just because yeah. convention centers and hotel convention centers, they book up really quickly. And it's it doesn't surprise me at all that, especially for TanaCon, that they were able to get that the, the venue that they were able to get in that amount of time was not big enough to hold them. Because, like, a convention center size thing, they're going to have stuff on their calendar years out. Right. Because that's a lot of how, how a lot of them make their money, too. These, exactly. like, hotels. And then you can, they book up and they book up guests and everything. So you need a lot of time. Exactly, yeah. What did you think about the gift bags? Oh, <laughs> Great question. So, um, that's, it's actually kind of funny because one thing that I've been doing a lot in my job is just, like, ordering, like, tchotchkes and stuff to give away. Yeah. And... I love a chocolate. Love a chocolate. (laughs) We do like it takes like sometimes if you're buying stuff from China, it takes like six months to get stuff. Yeah, yeah. So and or sometimes you have to get like sponsorships, and if 
if they're these random 20 year old kids who've never done an event before, of course, no one's going to want to put money down to like mm-hmm. <laughs> make these gift bags. And I mean, the, w- didn't they say it was like multiple times the cost of the ticket? It's like, I guess you yeah, can three times. lose money. <laughs> yeah. So we should, so we should be impressed that she even got Tana condoms. (laughs) (laughs) I know that was a really fast turnaround. She probably had to go on to like some, some website and find like the quickest, like do the, like, what's the quickest thing I can get to ship. Right. I mean, obviously (laughs) they weren't very good. That's so funny. Was there anything in the documentaries that like made your mouth drop where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. Yeah. Um, just the fact that they got, like, I, I'm i just incredibly suspicious that the hotel either both knew that the there was actually going to be 5,000 people there and was okay with it, because we take, um, like, capacities super seriously really? in the industry, hey. and when you're planning an event, when you're working with a hotel, they ask so many times, like, every time you talk to them, they'll be like, how many people are you expecting? What's your expected attendance? And I, either he lied every single time, because mm. I just don't think, especially when you're talking about like a discrepancy that big, like 5,000 people in a 1,000 capacity venue. I mean, there's sometimes some leeway, like maybe if they had some like people rotating in and out, but mm-hmm. that's not, no hotel, like m- the most desperate hotel salesperson is not going to book a 5,000 person event in a 1,000 capacity venue because it's a fire code issue. I mean, it's the very yeah, odd. then you deal with the fire marshal exactly. and then you get fined, yeah, right? It's, like it's, it's a whole thing. It's not a good look. No. Why do you think the hotel would have agreed to it? I, that's so that's weird. I, I find it very uh, suspicious that I don't think they, if they agreed to it, I don't think they knew that it was actually going to be 5,000 people. Um, it's, mm-hmm. I think it said on the contract that they signed that it was only going to be 1,000. I think yeah. they say throughout the documentary, oh, yeah, the hotel said there's only 12,000 or 1,200 people, which, yeah, that's what they're going to tell you if that's what their space says. So I really don't yes. think I, – I find it very hard to believe that they knew it was actually going to mm. be 5,000 people because mm-hmm. if they did, they wouldn't have been okay with it. It's so funny because no. Michael Weiss says that he's going to sue the hotel, but it kind of feels like – the hotel would probably <laughs> sue him. Yeah, and have, I mean, whatever. I don't know. I don't have. I'd love to see like whatever raw footage that they had, and they're like, because I think that Good Times yes. they made their own documentary. Yeah, they see, all like, made a documentary. Yeah, I'd love to see like the raw footage of like the walkthroughs. Yeah, and, like, if they have any of the hotel people talking on record, because yeah. even if even if they were under the repression or the people at the Marriott told them it was going to be fine, fine for five thousand people. On the contract, it says 1,000, and if you're going to mm. sue someone, that's it's what's on paper. It doesn't really matter what yeah. people are telling you. That's Now that you said the rotating thing, I think that's really interesting. Like, that might have been something that they went like, oh, people are only going to come, mm. like, only 1,000 at a time. We're going to keep circulating. Like, that's just so words you can throw out. But um, Kaylin, our producers, had a great question. She wanted to know, like, it went badly, but could it have gone way worse? Like, is there? did you see that and go like, oh, God, it could have been so much more worse than it was? I mean, yeah, it's because I've seen a lot of like, oh, are they going to do like a class action lawsuit against them and suing? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you bought a ticket for a convention and you got a convention. Like, mm-hmm. it was a shitty convention. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think there was a lot of, I'm surprised. I saw some footage like, I knew there were people out in the sun with sunburns. There's that 
like yeah. the clip of that girl getting taken away in a stretcher. I'm really surprised there wasn't like more people that got hurt because you have all these kids in the parking lot in California. And and no chance for them yeah. to be under. Like, you well, can tell they totally yeah. weren't planning to have that many people outside. Like the Marriott doesn't, they're not going to want thousands of people standing out in the parking lot. Yeah. I think that's what I would love to get your opinion on is the security. Like how many, like, yeah, just what's your take on the security? It seemed like a total shit show. Yeah. Well, I would more chalk, I would again chalk that up to, um, good times, their inexperience in the timeline because you, I heard that I watched like Tana's video and she said they cut security in half like last minute. And I think they were all used for VidCon. Yeah. And they (laughs) said in Shane's video. Everyone in that area. Yeah. They said like they spend a million on security at VidCon, which, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, And when you're doing like booking security for an event, you take the time to research the security companies, you send out proposals to multiple companies Mm -hmm. and you vet them and you see what their prices are. And they probably didn't have time to do any of that. They probably just went with whatever had the Mm -hmm. cheapest prices was available on that weekend. So, and they're not communicating to the security guards, like what needs to be done. Like, do we need to check bags? Do we need to warn people? What's the badge like? And so you just have that no communication from the top down. The people probably aren't very qualified. Um, it's just, it, because of the timeline and they don't know, nobody knows what's going on. For, so if you're planning an event for 5,000 people, like what sec- kind of security do you generally have? Um, well, it kind of depends. You can do, I guess, certain levels depending on the event. Um, they said, I think in Shane's th- thing, they said there'd be like 50 guards for 5,000 people, which makes sense. You can kind of... I guess depending on, like, is it open to the public? What kind of demographic do you Mm. have? You can do anything from, you know, security needs to know that everyone who's here for the event has this certain badge that looks this way. And if you don't have a badge, do you need to get one or get out? Or bag checking at the doors, you know, metal detectors. It's just you can do whatever levels. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for something like, like a fan event with teenagers. And it's just, you know, whoever buys a ticket can go. I would probably lean towards the more secure, um, mm-hmm. at least, you know, bag checks and badge checks at the end. For sure. Mm-hmm. Anything would be yeah. It seemed like the security guards were just standing by the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the guy, the poor guy was in the stairwell in this, we're talking about Shane's documentary. This guy looks like 15 years old. He's like, yeah, these fans are crazy. <laughs> like, this sweet kid is just like, this is nuts. And it's like, he just came off from his, like, you know, newspaper job. Yeah, he he's just, just like a so kid sweet. there in a shirt that's a security. He I think he even, yeah. says, he even says, oh, we're the ones doing security. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe yeah, we're, we're doing even. security for this. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tana in there, she did, like, a, her response video that's, like, an hour long, which doesn't really give that much information. I wouldn't really watch it if you haven't already. Um, but she said okay, that, like, at the last minute, apparently Michael was thinking about just buying a bunch of T-shirts that said security. And what? People, like, not even going through a security company, which is terrible. Don't ever do that. That's a terrible oh, idea. You're insane. asking for something. That's such a liability. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my, my gosh. Uh, now, do you... In your community, are you guys just aware now that this is a psychopath, Michael? And if he comes to you guys trying to create a another convention, is is it like is he like red flagged now or like? Yeah, like I, I don't think he's ever gonna work in the industry again. Um, <laughs> just when people see yeah. his name, I, I was trying to find out if he's doing anything now because I think I think Good Times filed for bankruptcy, and he's 
he has some kind of company, but it's one of those like you know, 21st century companies that you don't really know what they're, what they they do do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's all really vague. So many website tabs. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really think he's going to do, especially if he tries to plan another convention. I mean, when you, even when you're just like shopping around with venues, they want to know what else you've done in the past and Mm -hmm. everything. It's really, the whole industry is very interconnected. People talk to each other. So he's, he's not going to, and <laughs> not gonna do I know for him to think he's above that is so crazy. Oh, and do you have any advice for him in if he wants to plan another one? <laughs> Just start like lower your expectations and start way smaller. Uh, <laughs> I heard apparently ten people, yeah, <laughs> a small meeting. <laughs> wow. I was going to ask too. Um, they had they were saying that the ticket company that they went with was holding the money because it was a new company. Is that normal if you go through like a ticket master and if something goes wrong, do they keep the money? Like um, do they keep it for their own lawsuit? I guess it would depend like if you're working with a third party kind of ticket vendor. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on the contract that you have. And because they're mm-hmm. new, they definitely are probably going to be wanting to cut their liability. I did hear that. So it's not unheard of. Yeah, that it said yeah. in the contract that Michael was responsible for whatever mm. like, refunds that would be issued. And he did. He signed it. So mm. there it is. Oh. And in your community, in, in the event, like you said, it's a small event planner world. Um, what are some other conventions that are kind of like laughing stocks? <laughs> okay, so my big thing and the thing that kind of got me into even before I started in this industry, I was still in college when this happened and it really like Dashcon. Have you guys heard of Dashcon? No. I know okay. I know nothing. It is like it's huge rabbit hole. I'll send you um some videos. Yes. It was, we'll it was we love a shitty convention. Oh my god, this was like this is like the shitty convention to compare to all shitty conventions. Like with Firefest oh, and TanaCon, they call it like the Dash Con of YouTube. It's the most hilarious fucking thing. Um it, it was in 2014, some kids tried to plan a Tumblr convention. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it, it's kind of the opposite of, of TanaCon in a lot of ways because where TanaCon had way too many people, they just like couldn't get enough people to come. And they were saying yeah. they were gonna have like thousands of people and it was really like 500 max. My convention. <laughs> and there was a whole thing I love that hotel and like they owed the hotel like $17,000 like the night of or they were going to get kicked out. And it's a whole like, there's so many, if you've ever seen there's any kind of meme floating around with like a ball pit that's like a kiddie pool that has like some plastic balls in it, that is the Dashcon ball pit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the symbol. I'm so excited to research this. It's photoshopped onto some... um, onto some like fire festival pictures but that was the thing oh, yes, I, I loved it back like in college I remember just sitting in front of my computer on tumblr looking at the memes and just laughing my ass off but then when I started working conferences I was like wow they were so in over their heads like they had no idea what mm-hmm. it takes to put something on like this so yeah and does it take like years of I guess event planning and research to really it sounds like people are just like that was sort of we commented about this on the Tana, Tanya, I can't say her name, never will, <laughs> Con, is that she um, was like, let's just do it, guys. And like people, like the YouTube world just like yells into their microphone and then it's, it has they been done. It to happen, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you guys go to college for this. Like there's like a lot of research, there's legal exactly. information that like no one gets. It's like a 20-year-old high school dropout. Like you're not going to be able to put something. <laughs> True. Well, and even like VidCon, it's been going for 10 years now. It started off with like a thousand people. Uh, and so you work your way up. You're not just going to be able to have another VidCon 
in two months. Um, Next to the current. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get over that. Amazing. Oh, that's so funny. Have you, um, I really liked also all the videos of the mothers being incredibly angry. <laughs> Have you ever dealt with some like really angry mothers yeah, at a convention? You know, I, I, yeah. so I'm lucky that because I deal with like adult professional people, we don't mm-hmm. have to deal with like angry parents. Yeah. Um, but I <laughs> yeah. do get, people always just love us to complain about little things just like that's above our control or it's like, this is our policy. Yeah. Sorry about it. Yeah. It's snowing. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we just have a lot of, well, one thing back to the capacity thing is that, and a lot of, I've been to like fan conventions that do this too, is if you have like a room that's with a bunch of seats for a panel and the seats are all filled up, filled up, we don't let you do standing room. You can't just stand in the back because it's a fire code right. issue. And so we yeah. have to kick people out and they're all just like stiffs, bitchy about it and just like, well. Yes. You should have gotten here earlier. Sorry, it's fire code. Yeah, also, you want to be safe during a fire as exactly. well, I'm yeah. sure. If something happens, do you want to be packed into this room with no, no idea what to do? No. Wait, and so did you, you studied this in college? Um. So actually, I didn't. My degree is actually in international relations. And I kind of, it was one of those things where I came into this um, field while I was, it was like too late to go back. And I would have had to like, postponed mm-hmm. graduate graduation so I just went ahead and got the, got the degree and so most of my education has come from experience um and then I take like right. I do workshops and I've taken some classes too just to supplement that um and there's um within the industry it's actually surprisingly enough it's you can go to college for it but it's not necessarily something that you need a degree in yeah there are plenty of like professional mm-hmm. certifications and stuff that you could get um in the field but these are professional people planning conferences <laughs> yeah, not so just certified certification you have to be working in the field just doing conferences for years and certifications yeah <laughs> this was so cool Very I, we're so honored Thank you took you, your time to chat with i'm us. so glad I, th- I just thought just because I love disasters, I thought it would maybe yes. be helpful for you guys to see, like, especially from an event player's perspective, how fucked up the whole, the whole thing so and funny. just in general Firefest Ashcon thing is. I love it. Oh my god. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Bye. Thank you. So ever since we did the TanaCon show, we are very, I am, I can't speak for all of us. I am very into how you say YouTube and, um, <laughs> she, Mackenzie, it's just part of her genes she and her gets culture it. and her era. So she's giving us a little backstory on the things. Okay. <laughs> I know. I've read all the tweets. I have this it all. probably our most amazing guest because she also knows shit on Jake Paul. So she knows wow. so much about scams. Okay, so, um, okay, so it was David Dobrik is like a big, like the biggest blogger there. Blogger there is right now. It's his profession. He's a group of friends called the on blog, YouTube. the Vlog Squad okay. on YouTube. <laughs> I'm very yeah. old. And Trisha started dating Jason, mm-hmm. and Trisha and Jason uh, had this really crazy love affair. Trisha really wanted to get married. All of this stuff. Trisha Um, desperately wants to get married and she keeps saying she's old and she's 31. All right. Yes. But (laughs) she's also, but also she's like, I want to have kids, but she's also infertile because she's had chlamydia a lot. Um, So she, (laughs) she's infertile. But she doesn't know. I think she's just speculating. I, she needs to vlog about that. We need to know, do you have tons of chlamydia or not? She has talked about it on several occasions. She has a song 
song called Dear O.J. Simpson, where oh. when, he, when he got out of jail, she made a song about him and she's talking about how she wants to have kids with him but she she's ghost but her thing's like but I'm infertile like, or like <laughs> that's the hook that's, yes <laughs> so basically Jason and Trisha like um were breaking up all the time okay. um but the breaking point for Trisha was the fact that in David's vlog Jason would always be um hitting on younger girls oh like young like yeah yeah like his 18 19 years old like around my age kind of like really creepy so trisha really didn't like this and there was a part of one of david's vlogs where jason basically said like listen david david if if you get me a threesome with tana and trisha i'll buy you a car i'll be your slave i'll be your slave for a year and that pissed trisha off and that was real it wasn't a joke Because they all it act do- like it's jokes, but it's not jokes. It's exactly. They are actually And perfect. so, okay. like, Trisha really didn't like this. And there was yeah, tons of course. other reasons why their relationship, like, Wasn't failed. Because right. they're both vloggers. They're both Nuts. just not terrible, terrible, terrible people for each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, like, they had a breakup. They had a breakup announcement video. It's deleted, but you can find it wow. on other people's channels. And um, a lot of it was because of that comment. I think, Trisha, I think. It's a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? Yes. Don't be upset. Good luck. We'll tell you how it is. You, you, got, a, you got a better guy coming your way. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, I don't You're know. You're doing about the work. That. She's doing the work on herself. She's doing the work on herself. I really think she's going to get what she wants in life. I hope she does. Yeah. She can also adopt children. Does she deserve it? Maybe Who not. Knows? I but don't know her. I, I, I think she does. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> oh, my God. And she can pronounce Tanya, Tanya. How do you say it? Tana Mojo. Tana Mojo. It's pronounced exactly the way you wouldn't think it is. <laughs> I hate Listen, it so much. Is it, is it the French pronunciation? No. no. Is it interesting? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Mackenzie, I got in so deep that I did watch a vlog from her former assistant. Did you I see that? Who? What's the name of her former assistant? Alyssa Cardiff. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! This was drama from a couple years ago. Of like, course, we Alyssa. Know. Alyssa was Tana was awful to Alyssa. Of course. Well, Tana had posted something talking shit about Alyssa, and then Alyssa posted her own vlog, like taking Debunking it down, it. like an hour long, and I watched the whole thing. But we also, Mackenzie was also saying that now Tana's new fiance, his Jake Paul, yes, and their family are like scammers. They are scammers, like in a sense, like. Jake Paul, he would say he's an entrepreneur. Ugh. Okay, he would say he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Our producer Caitlin just vomited up her Swedish fish. He would we say he's word. an entrepreneur, but really, he's doing this thing. Um, are you familiar with Team Ten? No, I don't know anything. Oh, I'm, I have to show I'm, you a video after. Um, I am gently acquainted with them. So okay, so Team last. Ten was like this house that Jake Paul created, where he was no. like, "I'm going to bring like." the up and coming talent into this house and I'm going to show them like how to be vloggers, how to be influencers. <laughs> like, <cribs. laughs> like, like, so they live in this house, uh-huh. like team oh, 10. Like the real world, really. Yes. yes. On Instagram. Yes. So they live in this house and all of these little kids, you know, like they want, they want to be in, in team 10 because Jake Paul's audience is 12 year olds, which is scary. Yeah. But, oh, um, so really he scary. started this thing called Edfluence which oh, is no. a educational influencer wow. program <laughs> where no. you can pay Jake Paul, like, I think it's like $75. Yeah, of course. Uh, per lesson. Yeah. To, and it's like this computer 
program thing where Jake Paul talks to you and teaches you how to be an influencer. And that's and that oh, is a no. total It's all scam. a lie. You have to just be rich. You, you have parents. to just be rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> you guys. Thank yes. you. We hope you loved our mishmash. I have to say a shout out. Thank you, Scam, to our new Patreon subscriber, Bree, who is a family member. Full disclosure. She's lovely. She's amazing. I love her. Um, Bree donated to our Patreon page. And if you go onto our Instagram or ScamWild podcast um, website, you can find the link there. And so if you give us money towards our Patreon, then we will give you a scam to watch out for this week. And Bree, let me tell you, I know you live in California. (laughs) I don't know if this scam is exactly applicable for you, but be wary of flower centers, flower shops that uh, like, um, if you want to buy a plant that are selling you plants that might like not make it through, like they might be just, how do you know? Well, you have to Google the plant. You have to Google the plant because, uh, okay. So also Brie, I haven't seen you in a while. Let me tell you what's up in my life. (laughs) Um, So Brie, I love gardening now. And I watched this show called Gardener's World with Monty Don. And it's a British show. And this guy's Monty Don. I, he's incredible. And I just worship him. So he's doing all this stuff with his garden, but plants like have a shelf life, literally a plant life. And then they either go to seed, which is something he says, or they die or you cut them back. So if you go to like a nursery and to buy a plant, you need to know if like in two weeks, you're going to have to cut that plant down or it's going to go to seed. You don't want just like a flower that lasts a week. How do you tell? Well, you have to look at the plant, see if you really like it. And then you got to Google it. When should you plant it? And when does it die and move on? Is it a perennial? Is it an annual? So just don't go like slap happy and just buy all the plants you want because you don't want to buy ones that are just going to die at any moment. This is good (laughs) advice for me because I get my plants only from the flea market because there is a family that sells them for like $5 or they'll sell three for 10 and they're so cheap. Um, but they do always die. So this yes. is a good so you need one to know. for me as well. In California, I feel like the weather's really great. Things are really good. But still, like, you also need to know, like, does that plant need soil that is more, like, um, granular and has, like, rocky soil? Or does it yeah. need soil that's more acidic? So you do your research so you don't buy something and bring it into your house. It's just going to die. Yes. I guess that's just do your homework. But it could be a scam if the person sells it to you and doesn't say anything. Let me tell you, it's depressing. I'm gazing longingly at this ivy plant I got from Crater Joe's in December that like is really trying to die, but I just won't let it. <laughs> you know what? That's I just kind of awesome. Clipping it back and clipping yeah. it back, and I'm like, oh, there's some that's still living. It'll keep going. Okay, Bree. So thank you for your <sighs> thank Patreon you, patronage, and we love you and miss you <laughs> and watch out for those plants. So you can email us at scamwebpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us at... Yeah, or call us on the Hot Tip Hotline and we'll play your call, um, 347-509-9414. So we can't thank you guys enough for reaching out to us because we love this content. (laughs) We need to be updated. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth 
of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.